Good evening to everybody. Great to be back together this evening and to continue to worship God and give Him glory as we worship Him. And also to study His Word and uh, get a little bit more firmly uh, established in His will for our lives that He has communicated through His Word. This evening, uh, I think we'll probably bring this particular series on Your Faith Depends Upon You to a close. Um, I hope this has been helpful. The real, the real point that I've tried to get across in this particular line of study is that we're responsible for our faith. We can't, we can't look to somebody else and say, well, that's, that's their job to make sure that we've got strong faith. Uh, you know, we, we might, some people might reflect back on their parents and say, well, it's their fault that I, I, I don't have any stronger faith than I have, or that's, they make their choices. When you get older, you make your choices. Every one of us, our faith, our soul's security or lack thereof depends upon us following God's will. Understanding, studying, and growing in our knowledge of His will so that we can make the proper applications to our lives. That's important for us. We need to understand that. We can't blame somebody else. Now, we live in a culture right now in our country of victimization. Nobody's responsible for their actions. Everybody, you know, they make excuses for somebody else or some situation or the culture or whatever it might be. Uh, and so that they try to excuse themselves for responsibility from their own bad actions. That's bogus. We're responsible for our own actions or lack thereof. So when it comes to our faith, we're responsible for building our faith, growing in our faith, staying faithful. That's what I've tried to get across in this particular series. Your faith depends upon you. Now, how important is faith in your life? For some people, they might quickly, if you ask them that question, they might quickly in almost a knee-jerk fashion say, oh, it's really important. But if you know their life, it's not much important at all because they're not living, they're not living in such a way that, that exemplifies real faith in God, in Christ. They're not really living a life that is leading them to heaven from an outward perspective at least because they're living a worldly life. Well, how important is faith in your life? Without faith, as we've emphasized, we cannot be saved. Without faith, we're going to be lost. The Hebrews writer talks about that in relation to faith in God in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Without faith it is impossible, impossible to please Him, for he who would come to God must believe. Must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So, must believe. There's basic faith there. And then in John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus says the same thing about Himself as God's Son, our Lord and Savior. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. I'm not sure that a whole lot of people really stopped and analyzed the Great Commission as Mark recorded it from Jesus in Mark 16 and verse 16, when Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe, he who does not believe will be condemned. Without faith, we're lost spiritually. We're condemned spiritually and eternally. So faith is so important. In fact, we cannot overemphasize the importance of faith in our lives. We need to recognize that. 
Now, as we've studied through this particular series, we have made a couple of points so far. We covered some introductory material and then we started looking at some particular points that are, that are pivotal to our understanding of my faith depends upon me. First, the initial development of faith depends upon you. It is your responsibility to get into God's Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, verse 17. I know I, I, I repeat that over and over and over and over again. But it's not just here in Bible classes and in sermons here at the building, but I repeat that over and over and over again in radio programs and in podcasts. It's, it, it, I don't know how we can overemphasize that. Where does faith come from? How do I get faith? You get into God's Word. In some shape, form, or fashion, you've got to get into God's Word. Now, strengthening and maintaining your faith to be strong faith also depends upon you. That also depends upon you. So you have to put yourself to the process of developing faith, and then you have to put yourself to the process of getting stronger in your faith and maintaining strong faith. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, we see the example of the early church in Jerusalem. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and that's teaching, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and worship to God and in prayers, prayers to God. So you need to put yourself again to the task and go through the process of not just building, developing initial faith, but also building upon that initial faith so it becomes deeper, stronger, more profound, and that you can maintain strong faith. It all depends upon you and upon me, personally and individually. Now, let's look at the third point that I want us to grasp in this, from this particular study. The weakening of your faith also depends upon you. Now you say, well, wait, wait, I don't want to know. Why would you say that? Well, we've looked at, at the development of faith and the growth of faith becoming stronger in our faith. We've, we've looked at those. Those depend upon you. Now, if you have weak faith, that's also on you. And the weakening of your faith also depends upon you. Now, you say, well, I'm not sure I understand yet what you're talking about. If you want to have weak faith, then just ignore your faith. You'll get weak faith. Your faith will become weaker and weaker and weaker. I've had people, you know, come to me in the past. I don't think anyone here, but in, you know, previous years of preaching elsewhere, I've had people come to me and they, they would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step down from doing this particular work that I've been doing in the church. But now I'm not, I'm not going to quit working or I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, get weak or whatever. I forget the exact, you know, statements that they made. And I might try to talk them out of it, you know, for a few minutes, but, but they've, they've got their mind made up. And so I'm, I'm going to step down, but I'm going I'm to still work. And, and unfortunately, I think without exception, those few people who came to me and talked to me about they were going to step down from some particular work, and, but I'm not going to get, I'm going to keep working. I'm not going to get weak, you know. Uh, they got weaker in their faith. At least that was the appearance 
they stepped down from staying, paying attention, growing in their faith, staying strong in their faith through their good works. And as a result, they became weaker in their faith. At least that was the appearance, it seemed to me. And uh, I believe in one particular case, you had a situation where, you know, the fellow actually stopped, you know, becoming as diligent to be with the church during worship services and Bible classes and so on. Now, one fellow, maybe he stayed strong, but out of those three individuals I'm thinking of, I'm afraid that at least two of them became weaker in their faith. Even though they said, I'm, I'm, we're, we're still going to work, we're, you know, and the basis being, we're going to stay strong in our faith. But let's see, when you start going backwards, when you start stopping doing the good things that are necessary to build your faith and to stay strong in your faith, well, you can figure out almost naturally you're going to become weaker in your faith. So the weakening of your faith also depends upon you due to neglecting your faith. Now, it's interesting. We have a particular verse of scripture from the apostle Paul talking about some who made shipwreck of their faith. So we read 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. And Paul wrote this, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, what is the faith that some have, as he said, some concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck? God's Word. God's Word is the faith. If you want to hone it down, it's New Testament Christianity. Or even hone it down more succinctly, the Gospel of Christ, which basically is New Testament Christianity. So the New Testament Scriptures they are the faith, if you want to, again, hone it down more succinctly. But all of God's Word, really, is about Christianity. Now, I know that in the Old Testament, you say, wait a minute, God gave the Israelites the law of Moses. That was, that was the Mosaic dispensation. That was Judaism. That was leading up to Christianity. That's how God designed it to be. But so the faith, so if we, stop, if, if we start neglecting if we start neglecting our studying of God's Word, well, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to grow weaker in our faith because we're not paying proper attention. Let me make a physical comparison. Let's say you're a person who, is, who has really paid attention to your physical well-being. You try to eat right. You try to eat the right kinds of foods. You, 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 you eat a healthy diet, maybe you, you uh, work out or maybe you just try to pay attention to build, keeping your muscle mass up through walking or maybe light weights or whatever it might be. But then for some reason you start neglecting all of that and you, you, you stop eating as you should, you stop paying attention to your physical well-being, you stop exercising to whatever extent you're exercising we know what the results are, don't we? We become weaker physically. We become less, less well fit and maybe even less healthy. So we, we need to keep paying attention to maintaining and even strengthening on an ongoing basis our faith. And pivotal to that, as we've said, 
is what Paul wrote in Romans 10 and verse 17. It's a basic proof text, and we need to understand basic truth and keep that burned into our brain. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. No wonder the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and said, study, King James Version, be diligent, other translations, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling correctly. And that means understanding it correctly, interpreting it correctly, and making the proper applications to our lives, the word of truth. And the word of truth is God's word, John 17 and verse 17. We are to stay in God's word. We are to stay students of God's word. I've told the story many times in teaching, a lot of times, a lot of times in, in podcasts and radio programs. David Lipscomb was a Bible, I, I guess you could say the Bible was basically burned into his brain. He donated land, he helped start what is now Lipscomb University, but he was also editor of the Gospel Advocate going back into the late 1800s. He was a giant among preachers and teachers of God's Word within the Lord's Church, the Churches of Christ, back during that time. He was recognized and respected as such. In his older years, after the college was already going on for a number of years, he still had his home on the campus, I believe. And so one day, one of the college students, one of the young men and college students, he was walking by Brother Lipscomb's home there on campus, and he saw him sitting out on his front porch and he was reading the Bible. Well, he took it upon himself to step up onto the porch and, and walk up to Brother Lipscomb and said, Brother Lipscomb, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading about baptism. Now, if anybody in the Lord's church at that time knew everything the scriptures taught on baptism, he was, he was one. He knew it. He knew it. Well, the young man was kind of shocked or surprised. He said, Baptism? Why are you studying about baptism? The understanding being, the intimation being, you know everything about baptism. You know the scriptures backwards and forwards on that subject. Brother Lipscomb responded by saying, I just want to make sure I didn't miss something. Now that's why we stay students of God's Word. We want to make sure we didn't miss something. I can tell you I continually find myself going over texts of Scripture that I have read maybe a thousand times or more, and then I see something that I missed. An application that I did not pick up on. All those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times that I read that particular text before, that's how alive the Bible is, how alive God's Word is. So, Paul goes on then in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, and he, he reminds Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, meaning it is God-breathed, God's very Word, and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And really all of those statements are talking about teaching, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Those verses of Scripture need to be burned into our brain to keep us motivated to, keep, to stay in God's Word on a regular, consistent basis because from a faith perspective, we need to keep studying. 
We need to keep being students of God's word. John chapter 14 and verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, by not consistently studying about God's teachings, his commandments, his instructions for us, we'll become weaker in our faith. If we don't stay students of God's word, we're going to become weaker in our faith, and that's on us. In John chapter 2 and verse 20, John wrote, Jesus speaking, do you want to know, oh, I'm sorry, James chapter, James chapter 2 and verse 20, James writing, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And then in verse 22, do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And he's talking about Abraham there. Abraham is known in the scriptures as a man of faith, great faith. This morning we even pointed out one of the texts of scripture in the, in, in the Bible's Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11, and how it started talking about Abraham, by faith, Abraham left his home when God told him to go someplace, didn't tell him where it was going to be. Abraham obeyed God by faith and just started walking. Well, maybe riding a camel or something, but I mean, just started moving to wherever God was going to lead him. He did that by faith. The text says he didn't know where he was going, but God knew where he was going. And Abraham knew that God knew where he was going. And so he trusted God to direct him by faith, by faith. So, but if we, if we are not actively involved in the work of the church, we're going to grow weaker in our faith. Now, some people may roll their eyeballs back. Well, yeah, no, that's not true. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. The more active we're involved in the Lord's church, in the works and activities of the church, the stronger we're going to be in our faith. There's, there's no denying that rationally. The more we put ourselves into something, the stronger we become in that something. If we, neglect, if we neglect being with the church when the church comes together to worship God and study his word, we're going to become weaker in our faith. You see, each one of these, each one of these statements comes back to that basic theme. The weakening of your faith depends upon you. Are you going to be strong in your faith or are you going to get weaker and weaker in your faith? You start neglecting your faith in various ways. It's not just the idea, I'm not going to believe as strongly. It's, it, it has to do with all of these other, these other applications. If I stop being a consistent student of God's word, I'm probably going to grow weaker in my faith. If I stop consistently living by the teachings of God's word, making the proper applications, I'm going to become weaker in my faith. If, if, I, if I stop being actively involved in the church, I'm going to become weaker in my faith. Now, we may try to, to deceive ourselves into saying, no, that's not true. That's absolutely true. We're going to become weaker in our faith. Why do you think you stop being involved? There's already a weakness in your faith developing. The Hebrews writer says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, and notice verses 23 and 24. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Our confession of our faith, we're talking about the confession of our hope without wavering. We're talking about a confession based upon our faith. 
Faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Are you concerned about stirring up love and good works in your brother and sister in Christ? Do you even think about that? What about, do you, do you think about how you need them to stir up love and good works in you, to help you stay strong in your faith and even grow stronger? How do we accomplish those particular things? Holding on to our hope without wavering and, and helping brothers and sisters in Christ become stronger in their faith and having them help us become stronger in our faith. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be together as the Lord's church. There's no substitute for that. By walking by sight and not by faith, we weaken our faith. You say, wait a minute, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, what do the scriptures say? Romans 1 and verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 11 and verse 20. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off and you stand by faith. And then 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. But if we start neglecting our faith and we just start walking by sight rather than faith, if we start looking for some other, some other bastions of supposed strength instead of looking to our faith for strength, then we'll become weaker in our faith. It's a natural process again. We have to pay attention just as we have to pay attention to our health, just as we have to pay attention to our diet, just as we have to pay attention to our work at our workplace in order to do well and even become better at it. We have to pay attention consistently and continually to our faith in order to stand strong and healthy in our faith. Well, another point, another understanding we need to come to. If we start playing in the playground of sin, we're going to become weaker in our faith. Weaker in our faith. We can't, we, we need to not play with sin. Hebrews writer again, Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. <clears throat> the devil's smart. He portrays sin as being attractive, beneficial, even righteous but they're all lies. But if we get hoodwinked into that, if we start compromising and start dabbling in sin, then we're gonna become weaker in our faith. And again, it's a natural process. We've got to make up our mind. You have to make up your mind. I have to make up my mind to fight the good fight of faith all the way to the end as the apostle Paul described his life or his determination as doing. When he wrote this, he was in prison in Rome for the second time. And he seems to expect he's not going to get out this time. In fact, he expects to be executed this time for his faith. But he didn't give up on his faith. He wrote to Timothy 
I have fought the good fight. I have kept, I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, now finally, as a result, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. And he's talking about eternal life in heaven which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul said, facing what appeared to be imminent execution, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. I'm ready to be in heaven for all of eternity. Jesus said, be faithful until death. I actually like the King James Version here, be faithful unto death. And the sense seems to be, to be from that particular rendering, even up until and if I have to die for my faith, be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life, Jesus says. So you never give up on your faith, as Paul said he never did on his. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Endure the challenges, the temptations, the difficulties, the trials, the pain, even the suffering, if that's what you're going to experience, and probably every one of us will suffer to some degree in some way at some time. And probably most of us have already done that one or more times in our lives. But endure that, endure that, how? By faith, by faith. Life is gonna challenge us, the devil's gonna challenge us. But endure all of that by faith. Second Timothy two and verse three, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. In other words, endurance. Verse 12 of that same first chapter of James, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, the sense being without giving in to it. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, I want us to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 as we're coming to a conclusion here. I want us to pay attention to a particular word. It is a word that we read and that we use in our language all the time. Very short word, two letters, if, but that, those two letters, that short word says a lot. It's a conditional word. Whatever follows is based upon what that word is trying to connote or convey. So Paul wrote, <clears throat> this is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, with Christ, we shall also live with him. That's what Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, if we endure, what James was talking about in James chapter 1, we also shall reign with him. 
and now negative applications. If we deny him, we also, or he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. The great encouragement, exhortation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. After Paul has gone into lengthy detail about the resurrection of Christ and about our resurrection at the final day of judgment. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, steadfast, determined, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He's talking about be strong in your faith, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You choose, I choose for me, you choose for you every day, whether you will be strong or weak in your faith. It's automatic again. You make the choice every day as to what you're going to do, how you're going to live, what your focus is going to be. As I said many, many, many times, at the risk of sounding redundant, but it's a point that we need again to have absolutely laid in concrete in our mind. There is no way to live our life faithfully without our faith being our life. It cannot be a part of our life. Our faith must be our life. If you need the prayers of the church to help you grow in your faith, stay strong in your faith, we'd love to pray with you if you'll step forward and let us know or talk with us privately. If you're at the point where your faith has led you to make that commitment, I'm ready to be baptized into Christ for the remission of my sins. I want to step forward in faith and begin a life of faithfulness. We'd love to help you this evening. If you want to grow in your faith by getting in God's word, we'll help you with that if you'll just ask us. If you need to come, come right now as we stand together and sing.